Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. Hi, welcome back to our Christmas sermon series about the gifts of Christmas. And I, I got to give a shout out to my younger brother. My brothers live far away from us and I miss them greatly. Uh, my younger brother lives in California. My older brother lives in Connecticut. And I'm just little old uh, me and my family here in Ohio. And my younger brother has already sent a Christmas gift for my kids. And I think that's beautiful. You know, every Every year, my younger brother, my older brother, they call and say, hey, what, what can we get for your kids? Send us a list of what your kids want for Christmas, and we'll send them a Christmas gift. And I, I think that's beautiful. Um, I, I love the fact that my brothers care enough about my kids to say, hey, we want to know what we can get them. And uh, just to show them, just to say, we love you, we'll send a gift. But you know what I, I really really like about Christmas is those times when my brothers can come and be with me and I can be with them um, just face to face and present with them during the holidays. And it is, it always saddens me. And we've had a few over the last years where I don't get to spend time with them because they do live so far away and they're unable to get off from work or I'm unable to go to them. And it always kind of makes me a little sad when I don't get to spend time with family members at the holidays. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. You might have a loved one that uh, you haven't seen or is unable to attend your holiday gathering, your Christmas gathering. You might have uh, somebody in the military overseas that you don't get to spend Christmas with this year. You might have a loved one who has passed and maybe this is your first Christmas without having them at home with you. And you might, uh, you might very well understand what I'm talking about when I say I miss my family when I can't be around them at Christmas. Um, uh, so I, I know what that feels like. Uh, I, I know some of you know what it feels like. And that is also why I love how God comes to be with us at Christmas. I love the gift God gives us when he says, I'm going to come be with you. And that's our what our topic is going to be about today, this Christmas gift from God to us, that he will be with us. Um, and I'm going to talk about some of the ways that God is with us, but most importantly, how God communicates to us. God speaks to us, and then he speaks to us through his son. We're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 1 to kind of talk about this as our Christmas passage for this morning. Um, we'll hit some of the Christmas story too that helps emphasize these main points. But uh, Hebrews chapter 1 is talking about this very idea that there is something missing when we're not with the person we love and when our loved ones is not with us and how God gives us this gift of being with us. Let me read Hebrews chapter 1 and show you what I mean. Hebrews chapter 1 it says this in verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. I love this passage about 
about God in this in in the scripture we're reading today. I love how he is gifting to us his presence by his word. We can all have a relationship with God because of the way he speaks to us and the way he is with us. First, God speaks to us. He is a personal God who wants us to know him and wants um, to be known. I love how God speaks. In the past, it says, he spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. What that's talking about is God wants to be known and he wants us to know him. And so he is a God that communicates to us. He's a personal God. In Psalm chapter 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare your glory. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Just this past week, my daughter, I was taking her to school, and we were pulling out of the, uh, pulling out of the driveway, and we looked up, and there the sky was just beautiful. Um, the sun was rising, the clouds, it was overcast enough, and the way the light from the sun was reflecting on and through the clouds, it was just this purple-pink, uh, beautiful tapestry that God had painted for that morning. And I have no doubt that the heavens declare the work of his hands. All of creation communicates to us that there is a God. Um, if, if we get a telescope out and we look into the heavens and we see how vast the universe is, uh, that communicates how great God is, that he could even provide life on earth. If we get a microscope and we study things to the smallest nth degree, even look at, um, at, at atomically, we see the work of God's hands. And all of that, all of creation declares his work. All of creation speaks to there is a God and there is a creator. But you know, the sky is not personal. The sky is um, kind of cold and distant. And even though it declares that there is a God, we wouldn't know what that God is like and we wouldn't know who that God is unless he spoke to us. And so in the past, in the Old Testament, God did speak to his people. He spoke to his people through visions, through visits of angels, through a burning bush. He spoke to people through miraculous intervention. He spoke to people through the prophets who said, this is the word of God. He spoke to people through uh, poetry and through history and through wisdom. You know, this Old Testament that we have here, um, is the word of God to us. But it says here in Hebrews 1, he spoke to our ancestors. He's speaking to us through history. He's, he's got a plan in place that he is communicating to us, letting us know who he is at many times and in various ways. That, that many times in various ways, that's a, that's a good interpretation of that phrasing, but it kind of has the feeling of he speaks to us in, in pieces. God in the past through history, spoke in pieces. He let himself be known, but it was letting himself be known in part, not in full. And the Old Testament is full of these promises that God is going to come be with us, that God is going to come shepherd us, that God will take out our old, our old heart and put in a new heart, that God will write his law on our heart, that God will come and dwell with us. We have all these promises of the ways God speaks to us in part, and and it's beautiful, and God wants to be known, and he does make himself known. And you know, as we look at the Old Testament, we can get to know God. We can get to know his love, his grace, his mercy, his wrath, his justice. We can get to know a lot about God, 
and even move closer to God. I know in um, in Exodus 14, as God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, he had said, my name is Yahweh. I am that I am. Um, you cannot control me. I will not be bound by you, but I am for you. And as he's leading the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, the Egyptians are chasing them. And God is leading Israel with a cloud by day and a fire by night. And as Egypt gets closer, God appears in this uh, as this cloud and he and he speaks kind of from the cloud and he does miraculous intervention from the cloud. And the Egyptians say, we got to get out of here. Their God is with them and fighting for them. You know, God's presence was made known. When Solomon, King David's son, built the temple for the Lord and he, he completed the temple and they placed the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies and the priests had lit the fires and they had done the sacrifices and they were playing the music, the cloud of God descended on the temple in such a way that it was the glory of God and the priests could not go in the temple and work because the God's presence was making itself known there. And they bowed down and worshiped. They were just in awe and amazed and still God, even though he's communicating, making himself known, making his presence known, giving his glory, it was still kind of distant, still too scary to approach. In another time, Moses, when he was speaking with God and God was speaking to Moses and, and God says, I'm going to go be with you. And Moses said, hey, if you, if you can't go with us, we, we can't make it. We, you have to be with us. Otherwise, we're, we're not going to go another step if you're not with us, Lord. And then uh, God says, Moses, I'm really pleased with how you're doing things and how you're leading. What can I do for you? And Moses had the audacity to say, show me your glory. I want to see your face. I want to know you even more personally. And God says, Moses, I'm, I'm too big. I'm too great. My glory is too much for you. It would overwhelm you. Um, so I'll give you a piece of me. I'll let you see a piece of me. But no man can see my face. It's too overwhelming. So God took Moses and he hit him in a cleft of a rock. He put his hand over him. Uh, God passed by. He said, okay, now Moses, you can look at my back. And kind of that whole image of just God is way too overwhelming for us. So he's communicating to us. He's personal. He does speak but it's in pieces and in part. And that's just not quite enough for us. And you know, God wants to be known and he wants us to know him. And it's just not part of God's plan to be only known in part. He wants us to know him in full. Hebrews 1, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. He spoke to us in pieces. But in these last days, verse 2, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Jesus, God speaks to us in his creation. He speaks to us in the Old Testament through his word, through his prophets, through poetry, through wisdom, through the miraculous intervention. But now God speaks to us through his son. And it's no longer in pieces, no longer in part. He now speaks to us in full. I like how uh, in Matthew chapter 1, and this is part of our Christmas story, part of our Christmas tradition, part of our Christmas history, the angel Gabriel shows up to Joseph 
Joseph has found out that Mary, his wife, is pregnant and he is going to divorce her quietly because they haven't been together for her to be pregnant. And so he doesn't want her to be stoned to death. He's a righteous man. But the angel Gabriel appears to him and says, no, the child she bears is the son of God. This is not her cheating on you. This is a miraculous intervention to, uh, for God to make himself known. And in chapter 1 of Matthew it says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God used to speak in part, but now he speaks in fulfillment. He lets us know him in full. It is God with us. God we can look at, God we can know, God we can see in Luke, uh, something very similar happens when Gabriel is speaking to Mary. And the angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him. Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is God with us through Jesus. Colossians 2 verse 9 says, all the radiance of God's glory is found in, his, in the being of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 1, we just read, it's the exact representation of God. So all that that glory that was on the temple, all that glory that was in the fire by night and the cloud by day, all the glory of the miraculous intervention, all the glory of God speaking to us in the prophets is now found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is God, who has come to be with us. I love the story about uh two teachers of different religions comparing and contrasting their religion. And as they study and contrast their religion, they find out, you know, they come to the conclusion their religions are not that different. Their religions are, are this, this desire to work and be righteous and do good. And God is kind of distant and at the top of a, this kind of hard work mountain. And if they could just do enough good and be obedient enough and follow the rules enough, and make uh, be good enough, maybe, just possibly, they might be able to climb up and see God. But with Jesus Christ, it is different. It is so much better. God knows that we can never do enough good to climb the mountain to get to him. He is too good. He is too holy. He is too other. He is beyond our reach. So instead of us having to climb the mountain to get to God, God comes down to be with us. God makes himself low. God makes himself become human so that we can see him and understand him and know him and be with him. In 1 John uh, chapter 1, uh, John, one of the best friends of Jesus, he says, uh, this is the person, well, let me read it for you so I don't, I don't mess it up. That which was from the beginning, 
which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim, we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. They were saying, we saw this light from heaven. We saw God in the flesh. We have seen him. We have touched him. We have heard him. We have written down what we know about him. We're telling you this so that you can know him too. God with us. This is how God speaks to us. It is through his son. Just quickly about his son. We need to see this and we need to know this. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. If you want to know who God is, you need to look to Jesus. If you want to know what God thinks, you need to understand Jesus Jesus made himself available to us. We can truly understand him. Jesus makes himself available to us now. We can truly see him by faith. We can actually live in his presence. We can actually be in his power. The Holy Spirit will pour his love into our heart. We can actually feel and experience the presence of God right now. And if you want to know God, you look to Jesus. You entrust yourself to Jesus. You start off your day by uh, going over your schedule and asking God to come and be with you throughout your day. You, we ask, we invite, we investigate, we think about, we look when we can experience Jesus Christ, God with us. In these last days, this is how God communicates to us through his son, Jesus, who's the exact representation of his being. And if you want to know God's love for you, look to Jesus. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. After he provided purification for sins. Now, the author of Hebrews is setting up those words to explain what that means a little bit later in the, in the, in the letter called Hebrews. But he's talking about the cross there. The good news that Jesus came to be with us, that God comes to be with us, is not just that God is with us, but that's good news. But it's also he rescues us. See, we can't climb that mountain to be with him. Our sin will not allow us. It's a sin of a condition where we are sin sick, but it's also a sin of action where we've committed actions that would keep us from God. And Jesus Christ on the cross He took all of our sins onto his body and became a curse in our place. Jesus took the punishment that God intended for sin, the wrath that God has over sin, the good judgment on sin, and he put it on Jesus in our place. And so Jesus took the punishment in our place. He provided purification for sin. Because he took our punishment, he made us pure. So now, not only is God with us, but we can be with him, adopted into his family, made right with God according to his law because Jesus took the penalty. 
And when Jesus had done the purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. It was finished. It's complete. There's now no condemnation for those in Christ. If you want to know the love of God, you just look, look at what Jesus has done for you. If God never communicates to us ever again in any other way, we know that he loves us. But grace upon grace, he continues to communicate to us. He continues to speak to us through his son in the word. Jesus is called the word and he gives us his word, the scripture, the Bible to communicate to us. We can know for sure that God is speaking to us if we just look at the Bible and read the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 4, the scripture tells us what that means. It says, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is active and alive, and it is God with us, and he still speaks to us today. We can know for sure that God is speaking to us every time we pick up the word and we read it. Now, God can still prompt us by the Holy Spirit and can still lead us by our feelings, but we'll never know for sure unless it is spoken through God's word. God can speak through his church, the people of God. They learn the word, they interpret the word, and they give this word to each other. And that is how God speaks to us through his word. He is still speaking to us through his son today. He is still communicating with his presence, pouring his love, his spirit into our hearts so that we can know him. God wants us to know him. What would you have to do to know God? Do you feel like you have to work hard? Do you feel like you have to produce good things? And if you do enough good, then maybe God will allow you to know him. Or can you trust and believe on Jesus Christ and trust that Jesus Christ has come to be with you God with you so that you can know God. If you believe on Jesus Christ, would you get up right now and be baptized and have your sins washed away? Can you enjoy a relationship with God? If you've already been baptized into Christ, if you've already placed your faith in Jesus, you've confessed your sins, repented, and turned to God, and by faith declared that Jesus is Lord and believed with your heart, if you've already done those things, then won't you turn to him again because he is with you even now and is waiting for you. I like the story about how um, George Carlin would describe the difference between uh, scoring points in a football game or scoring, uh, scoring runs in baseball. He said in a football game, it's, it's total warfare. It's ground warfare, air attack, uh, gain every inch, and then you have to push through to find the, the touchdown in the end zone. And in baseball, you just come home. That's kind of how it is with Christ. Jesus tells the story about this prodigal son who, who goes and he leaves his family and he travels to a distant land and there he is ruined. All of his wealth is gone and he is in a pigsty serving pigs slop and he thinks, man, my father's servants eat better than this. And it's there in the pigsty as he serves his, the pig slop that he comes to his senses and says, I just need to go home and ask to be a servant of my father. At least then I'll be paid better. I'll have clothing. I'll have food. 
and I, I don't even have to be back in the family, but I can go home and ask just to be a servant. And the boy comes home and the father is waiting for him. And the father sees him while he's a long way off. And the father runs to him and he hugs his son and he says, put shoes on his feet, put a robe on his back, put the ring, the family crest on his finger. My son was lost and has now come home. With Jesus, we just have to come home. That's the gift. It's God with us and he's waiting for us just to turn to him. And he will really be with us. It's not just the gift of salvation that he has given us. It's not just a gift from far in the past that we can experience today. It's not just a, a gift from a loved one who is far and distant. It is the gift of himself with us, present with us right now. And we just have to turn to him and come home. And by faith, we will truly see him. By faith, we will really experience his presence. And we just have to come home. What if we, what if we started making this available to others? What if we started giving this gift to others? Like we would go be present with someone and we would give them the gift of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul in 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, it says, all this gift, this new creation, this Jesus to us, God speaking to us, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Did you catch that? He has committed to us the message. God has given us this message that God can be with us, that God will forgive us, that God wants to be personally present with you. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. What if we all decided to take this message and give it away as a gift to our loved ones and our family? What if this Christmas you gave a gift and it's wrapped and it's a present and it's something they ask for on their list, but you also gave them the gift of knowing Jesus Christ just by telling your testimony? Now, I know this may seem weird and it may seem strange that I'm talking about talking about Jesus at Christmas, but this is what Christmas is all about. And it's our ability to give this gift away that God in these last days, speaking to us through his son, might also speak through us to our loved ones. God really is with us, and he really is dwelling within us, and he tells us we have to now go be his messengers. We have to now go take this message to them, our loved ones, our family members, people who are far from God, so that they can know that God has come to be with them. Now, there is a way to give your testimony. I'm just going to give you three different ways to give your testimony at Christmas. One is you can just make it a simple statement why do you follow Jesus? That can be your testimony. 
here's why I follow Jesus. And I don't know why you follow Jesus, but that's something you probably need to think about. I know that I follow Jesus because Jesus rose from the dead. The, the, the evidence, the historical evidence is just overwhelming that Jesus really walked on earth. He really claimed to be God and that he really died on the cross, was buried, and then three days later rose from the dead. That's why I follow Jesus. It really happened. Now, there are other reasons why I love Jesus. There are other reasons why I follow Jesus, but that's the main reason. And if I was giving my testimony and I just said, uh, why do I follow Jesus? I, I can say just in a simple statement, here's why I follow Jesus. He rose from the dead. Why do you follow Jesus? Just in a simple statement, you can give your testimony at Christmas over dinner. You can say, we're going to pray. And you can, you can pray over your Christmas dinner and say, Jesus, I follow you. And you can tell your whole family why you follow Jesus. Another way you can give your testimony, that you can be the message where you bring the presence of Christ, not present like a gift wrap, but the presence Jesus in their midst, is maybe just tell them a before and after story. That can also be your testimony. Here's what I was like before I met Jesus. Here's what I'm like after I met Jesus. My, test, my before and after testimony is not very exciting. Before I met Jesus, I was in a family that went to church every Sunday, and they took me to Sunday school, and they were teaching me Bible stories from a little age. I remember my mom teaching preschool, Sunday school class. I remember her reading to me Bible stories at bedtime. And before I met Jesus, I was in a family that knew Jesus and loved Jesus. My grandparents were uh, ministers of the gospel, and they uh, told children about Jesus. My earliest memory of my grandpa is him doing a magic trick to explain the gospel to children. My before and after story is not very exciting, but I came to know Jesus not just through my parents' words and not just through my grandparents' words, but I came to know Jesus in my own way, God to me. I came to know Jesus personally, not just having the faith of my parents, but my own personal faith. And that's my before and after story. What's your before and after story? You know, at Christmas time, this is a great opportunity for you to tell your story. Here's what I was like before. And now here's what I'm like after. You know, after I met Jesus, he continues to change me. He changed me into uh, more loving, more kind, more forgiving, but also a fierce protector of my family and a fierce protector of my wife and kids. And all of that is because of the change Jesus is bringing about it within me. One last way you can tell your testimony. You can tell your testimony of what you would be like, what you're like with Jesus and what you would be like without Jesus. And then maybe that's your testimony you want to tell. I don't know how you want to tell your testimony, but tell your testimony this Christmas. You've been given the gift of God with you, and now God has said, you go and share this with others. If you share your testimony with others, I can't wait to see what God will do in your family through his word living out in you. Just a quick recap. You can give your testimony as a simple statement why you follow Jesus. A simple story, what you were like before and what you're like after, or a simple story about your life, what you were, what you would be like without Jesus and what you are like with Jesus. If you give your testimony, you will be speaking for God. You will be as if God were speaking in these last days through Jesus, through you. This is a beautiful way to share your testimony, to give the gift of God's presence God really with us to your family and to your friends.
Thanks again for joining us. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just need more information about our church, please visit us online at wcconline.org connect. Fill out that connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.